This is Robert Merglacci, the Mindshare Learning Report, Canada's Learning and Technology e-Magazine, here at ISTE 2022 in New Orleans. And I have the honor of having a Mindshare Learning Moment with Angela Arnold, the General Manager of Overdrive Education. Thank you for joining me this morning, Angela. Hi, Robert. Thank you. Hey, listen, I just want to congratulate you on the Tech and Learning Best of Show. How does that make you feel? That What an amazing uh, award you guys were just honored with. Yeah, thank you very much. It's really exciting. Uh, the Best of Show for uh, ISTE 2022 is quite a celebration of all of the wonderful work that our teams and, and school partners have really achieved over the last year. Um, and it's also really significant considering how many great technologies there are here at the show this year. It's been fantastic to see just the breadth and depth of all of the new platforms, hardware, software, um, adaptive technologies. It's really exciting. Yeah. Well, uh, absolutely. And, and uh, the pandemic spawned, you know, an acceleration effect, if you will, uh, with the number of innovations and uh, necessity is the mother of invention. And you obviously tweaked and, could I use the classic word, pivot, to really support your uh, customers uh, in, in some of the most challenging times. Absolutely. And I think, especially in the U.S., um, we've seen some very significant trends here. Um, you know, in 2020, I, I think the Internet broke when <laughs> everything shut down and kids were doing digital education. Everything went online. And that was tough for every ed tech. It was tough for every school. You were there. And I think that that really forced um, people to rethink how they use tech, which is great. Um, one educator told me, you know, they said this is uh, like a forest fire. And at the end of the day, you know, new growth happens. Even in the wake of something terrible like that, right. that great things come. The forest rebuilds, new different types of plants grow back, and it's actually a reset for a forest. And I like that metaphor because it was so positive. And I think in the wake of something mm -hmm. that we've all just been through, um, we now have all these opportunities to rethink tech. And here right. we are in 2022 at this great show with all of this tech, rethinking what that means. Um, being more selective about how we use it, mm -hmm. doubling down on professional development for teachers, rethinking what it means to be digitally literate in the 21st century. What does that actually mean? Because it's not just being able to tap and click and use a phone. You have to be a digital thinker. And that, for us, in our business, yeah. that means kids need to be able to have comprehension of a digital book that they consume. So that's, that's, that's a different way of making your brain cells connect. You know, you and I are, are not of that generation, if I might just speak, <laughs> just realistically. What, what's uh, Mark Kresge talks about, and I've interviewed him in the past, digital native and digital immigrant. Exactly, so, exactly. Yeah. So these, these kids are digital natives. Their brains literally think differently than ours. And I find that really fascinating just because it's going to ask us to rethink how we can support that with technology like Sora. Who would have imagined 100% of educators using some form of tech-infused pedagogy? That You came of age very quickly. And what was that like? Well, we've been supporting digital schools or digital libraries um, since 2015. So we were very, very big with school libraries, right, with um, our previous product, which is the school uh, download library. And that was a great product. It was web-based. You could get books. And then in 2018, we knew that we needed a need. We, we knew that we needed their, uh, to, to create a dedicated app 
for students. Right. So we use our Libby app. Overdrive is, is the maker of Libby for public libraries. We knew that we needed to have an analogous, dedicated app for schools. And that's when Sora really was born, um, was 2018, because it created this customized experience for a student, a K-12 student including gamification and badges mm. and everything. So I didn't even tell you what Sora was. We skipped that part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, I was going to ask you what's new at Sora. And uh, let's talk about that reading app. And, and you, you talked about the inspiration and the timing of it was so incredible. Well, we definitely were there to help our partners. Mm. I, I feel like our teams really stepped up to the challenge to meet that need with our partners. So Sora is a digital reading platform that ensures that every one of a school's students has access to the right books. And there's a lot of words in there, right? There's access, right? What, what Sora enables is it gives every student a copy of the book. So if you're doing pleasure reading and you want to have the right book for a kid, that the right book depends on the kid. It depends on the student. What's right for you is different from what's right for someone else. So Sora supports that independent pleasure reading um, uh, need and it puts the book where that student is. In the curriculum realm, which is where we're, we're really seeing great demand here in 2022, that's right. what's very different in the contrast mm -hmm. between where we are now and where we were in 2018. On the curriculum side of the house, the demand here, the need, is to support the right book for a student who's enrolled in an ELA class. They have a book that is required to read. Now, mm -hmm. um, that book is required for success in the class. If you're seventh grade and you're reading right. Esperanza Rising, or if you're in fourth grade and you're reading Bud Not Buddy, these are titles that the expectation is, is that student will have consumed the book and then will be able to discuss and engage with that core anchor text. Right. Now, it's virtually impossible to expect that a student will be successful in that class if they have not consumed the book. It's table stakes mm -hmm. for English language instruction if that's how you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. So Sora really levels the playing field and makes sure that we have access to the right books for everybody. Because, you know, when you put that book in the student's hand, on the tablet, on the PC, on the Chromebook, wherever, mm -hmm. on mom's phone, on dad's phone, right. you can put that book wherever that digital native is experiencing technology. And that's right. that's where we try to be. Yeah. Uh, so... So let's talk about what's new here at the show for, for Sora. What, what are some of the features that have really emerged that have been, um, you know, supporting kids and teachers uh, during this most challenging time? And I, I like to think we're beyond it now. And what's going to stick? Yes, yes. Well, whatever this is, and I, I, you know, the new normal is a label you'll hear, or post-pandemic, right. whatever this moment is, I, I find it interesting because it is the time however you want to call it, it's the time when we're dealing or assessing what is going to stick. This is the time where we decide what worked and what didn't. I think there are three things that really speak to schools that use digital books and why they think Sora should stick. Number one, um, the student dashboard, which was um, uh, released late last year, late 21, has really seen a lot of traction for our school partners. This is a um, uh, back-end administrative feature that allows authorized educators to go into their Sora platform if they choose to enable this. This is optional, not if you don't have to use it. But if you choose to use it, authorized educators can go back in there and actually see time spent reading by pupil. So which students have engaged with the book. So if somebody says, I read the book, you know, Mr. Martellacci, and you see that, and you know you gave them the digital class set, and you see that they've spent zero minutes reading, you know, you're, you're going to have a conversation. You also know that, you know, with that kind of information, 
you can correlate things like kids who spend more time doing doing work in the book, engaging with the book, might have better outcomes in the classroom. You, you would only be able to make those inferences um, with that data, and that's one big thing. So we're providing that, that insight data to let people know how digital books are making an impact or not. Um, the other thing that I want to highlight, a second thing that's new here um, in terms of what's sticking, is um, digital class sets. So this, is at the show here at ISTE, we announced support for on-demand class sets, which is a new lending model that we've had and class sets. Such a demand. Right, right. We've had class sets yes. for some time. This is on-demand class sets, and it works a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. What's big about this is that it allows people, schools, to purchase multiple copies of books up front and disperse them or fulfill them over time. So if I use ESSER money or COVID relief money, I have a chunk of change right now, I could actually use that to purchase a book for every student for all of the required reading that is that is needed by those students and then disperse them or allocate them over my three or five year adoption. So that's huge because it allows schools to simplify their funding. Um, it allows them to lock in pricing. 2022, everything is getting more expensive. <laughs> so they can lock in that pricing. And then also, they don't need to roster. I don't know what kids will be reading But Not Buddy in right. two years. I don't need to know. With this model, it's very flexible. flexible. Yeah, it lets people do that. The third thing I would highlight here is also our Google add-on. And I'm really excited about this because we are a Google for Education partner. Um, and it's pretty exciting because we were asked to participate in the Google add-on beta program. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's a big deal for us. Um, and Google recognized that, that the kind of content that we're working with is very, extremely complementary to the moment a teacher is performing an assignment task. So the use case here is a teacher is in Google Classroom and they need to assign a title. They want to work with, a, say we're reading The Outsiders, right? S.C. Hinton. I'm going to write up that assignment in Google. I'm going to describe the task. Uh, I'm going to give guidance. I'm going to attach maybe some worksheets or uh, discussion guides, reflection guides. Um, I can also, from within the Google add-on, in the assignment, without leaving Google Classroom, I'm in the interface, I can just tap on add-ons, tap Sora, type in the outsiders, and attach that book in just a couple taps. Awesome. So it's a huge time saver. Right. It facilitates discovery because we know that kids discover books because their teachers told them. This is how you're, this is one avenue of discovery. Right. Did you know you have Sora, right? Like this, this is a thing we have in our district. And so I'm really excited that, you know, this add-on is going to not only simplify fewer clicks for teachers because they have mm -hmm. enough to click on, tool fatigue is real, but it also helps increase discovery for students because once you use an assignment in Google Classroom to, to give a book, furnish that book to a student, it's just a short click. It's, a, it's right around the corner for pleasure reading and Dogman and Diary of a Wimpy Kid and, you know, um, you know, a Raina Telgmeier. Like, those are, those are just the next clicks after you've right. given somebody a required read. Pleasure reading is right around the corner. And we know that all kids should be reading more. Amazing. Well, congratulations on the award. Kudos to you for your passion and, and innovative spirit as a company, listening to the customer and really delivering what they need, Angela. Thank you, Robert. I'm so glad to talk with you today. Thank you. My pleasure again. That was Angela Arnold, the General Manager of Overdrive Education. My name is Robert Merlanchi, the Mindshare Learning Report. Be sure to check out Learning to get your latest issue. And until next time, stay healthy, stay safe, and keep the learning curve steep. 
This is Robert Mardlachi, the Mindshare Learning Report, Canada's Learning and Technology e-magazine. And welcome to This Week in Canadian EdTech, special edition as we're here at ISTE 2022 in New Orleans. Uh, and it's uh, the first ISTE in about three years. And I'm honored to have a Mindshare Learning Moment with Amy Bloom, who is the coordinator of instructional technology, Erie One BOCES in West Seneca, New York. And Tara Schneider, who is the integration specialist at Avon Central School District, Avon, New York. Uh, thank you for joining me, ladies. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Well, and I thought, what better people to speak with at a professional learning conference than the ISTE certified experts and to sh- perhaps share your journey and talk to us about uh, that experience. Um, you know, it was mission critical. You were mission critical. You know, innovation uh, was not an option. Who would have imagined 100% of ec- educators using some form of tech-infused pedagogy? Congratulations on sustaining learning and talk to us about that journey and and inspiring others to perhaps embrace that growth mindset to get ISTE certified. Yes, so my journey actually began a couple of years ago. Uh, and- um, as recently stated, I work for Erie One Boses now, but at the time I was at Erie too, and I had caught wind about this certification process. And what I value about this, uh, becoming an ISTE certified educator, and then eventually going into the trainer, is that unlike typical professional development where you're just sitting and getting, this type of professional development, you're exemplifying what you have learned. You're diving really deep into those uh into the standards and you're stretching your practice and you're now looking at pedagogy and the way you perhaps do your instructional practices um, a little bit differently. So it's not just about the technology, you're shifting your own practice. That's what I value about it. Amazing. Tara. So my journey also started a couple years ago when I was told I got to check out the ISTE Certified Educator Certification and so I started that journey and Just like Amy had said, it was one that really changed my practice. It wasn't that sit and get, it wasn't focused on a typical tool or any type of tool. It was really focused on me and changing my practice and improving what I'm doing with the integration of technology and the impact that it's having on all the students and now adult educators that I get to work with. That's amazing. And and it is about the students and it is about storytelling. So perhaps you can share a story uh, a success story, if you will. I know there's many uh, through the pandemic, and and then we'll talk about sustaining learning. I think um, what was really successful for me in terms of the pandemic was that I was able to hone in at social-emotional learning for adults. So I've been working with adult learners wow. for the last five or six years, and what I did is I provided... Um, open office hours for my educators to come in and Zoom. And it used to be, hey, do you need help with something or I can give you a quick tool or tidbit. But before I knew it, we were coming in together and we were just, it was a good moment to connect to another human. And, you know, some people were coming in every single day and just expressing their joy because some individuals were alone. You know, while we're all in our houses with our families, there were a number of individuals Mm -hmm. who were alone in solidarity. So I think that the power of connection, and I think people understood that, that, you know, during the pandemic, it went way beyond the tool and more about the human capacity and embracing that. 
Well said. I, I love it. That's that. You know, there's some deep thinking that went on there, and uh, it, it is about community and um, and sharing. So, uh, Tara, talk to me about how the students uh, fared in the in this equation. And you know, there were a lot of positives that came out of it, and, and kids, you know, uh, project based learning, uh, independent learning, uh, embracing uh, problem solving skills. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Um, at the time when everything um, closed down, we were all at home. I was still in the classroom. I was a fourth grade teacher in the classroom. And um, it was great because it, I had already been doing a lot of things as a result of the ISTE certification in the changes in my practice. And so it was that next level of, okay, now, even though we're not together in a classroom, getting my kids to still embrace that learning and continue to grow with their learning. But then I was also finding experts around that I could connect with my students Mm -hmm. through Zoom and and things like that so that they could keep learning and have the excitement of that learning even though they were stuck at home. That's awesome. So ISTE certification is is a process and it's a journey. And you really uh, want to plan ahead and and weave it into your work from what i gather so talk to me about that process if an educator wants to dip their toe in and you know not everyone has the time at the moment perhaps but they can start it's about starting the journey yes so it is approximately 14 weeks you meet five times synchronously through that um learning session so the first 14 weeks is an online course and then you move into the portfolio phase from there where you do is you dive really deep into those standards and you look at it through the lens of the ISTE uh, educator standards regardless of your role. So for example, I was a professional development specialist when I was going through the process and my learners were therefore my, my students were adults and those were my subset of learners. So you're able to look at it through a variety of angles. So you know, if you're an administrator, I've worked with administrators through this process, as well as teachers, library media specialists. So you really get to take the scope of what you're doing and apply it in that kind of nature. Awesome. Tara, your your journey, your your process in getting here, and your volunteering. And it's, it's so important to give back. You know, as an alumnus of my university, I started our alumni chapter. I'm still very involved. The professional learning you experience being part of the community is so powerful. And it's, it's um, so you, you were at the professional learning uh, kiosk there. And uh, talk to me about what it's been like to be here, right, as an educator, as a leader, and, and the learning behind that. Yeah, it's been amazing to be here. Um, from the perspective of being a trainer, it's been so amazing to finally see some of my learners that are here in person and just talking with them about their journey and just having that connection here with them. Um, just being here like selfishly, the learning that I've been able to do and connect with like-minded people all around me. There's just that excitement and, and great feeling. And the informal learning, thank you for that. The inform, the, the, it's the, the connection, the connection um, you know, we studied uh, the movie documentary Comedian and I happened to meet uh, Jerry Seinfeld on my way to graduation. I told him we studied his movie documentary from a learning theories perspective. How powerful is this uh, to reconnect? 
I have to say that this is one of my first conferences since the pandemic. So to be able to like meet someone that you have been working with uh, for the last couple of months and face to face and that power of connection and just understanding that, you know, there's experts out there that you can collaborate with and really just I can't even express enough about the power of connections and being together and community. And that's what ISTE does. It brings people together. Amazing. And now you're instructors. You're, you now you're, you're, um, you're supporting others who want to get certified. How cool is that? And, and what, what's the response been like, uh, from some of the, I I think there's well over 10,000 teachers, leaders here people are excited. They want to know and then they're excited to start that journey. I think maybe a little bit of nervousness, um, but really excited. Well, you know, the both of you exude such passion and enthusiasm, and I think that's so important, right? Yes. When Whether it's amongst peers or with the students. I mean, uh, when I talk to startups, and we nurture a lot of startups, and I explain to startups, if, you know, solve a real problem, it's very relatable to education. I'm thinking of creating a product called Startup Kids because back in Canada, one of the ed- educator teams, uh, they team teach grades four to six and they start up companies over two months and then they have a showcase and they infuse all the curriculum expectations and outcomes through the process and the learning is so powerful, right? It's that project-based, teamwork, etc. And um, I think it's so exciting to, for you to be part of this journey. And um, I'm grateful of the time that you've taken today as is, the is, uh, certified trainers. Um, Amy and Tara, thank you again. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. That was Amy Bloom uh, from Erie Bosis 1 and Tara Schneider of Avon Central School District who are ISTE certified trainers here uh, sharing their story at ISTE 2022 in New Orleans. My name is Robert Merlanchi, the Mindshare Learning Board. Be sure to check out W Mindshare Learning to get your latest issue. And until next time, stay healthy, stay safe, and keep the learning curve steep.